Welcome to Gigtails the movie. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Gigtails the podcast. Um, the movie, back. The, the movie. We just um, we we weren't sure if this was a podcast or a movie or quite what this was. And or a choose your own adventure comic book. <laughs> we'll figure that. it out. Ooh, could we? Do it kind of is. It, it kind of is. Yeah, it, it kind of is. You choose your own adventure, as in you either keep listening to the episode or you shut it off because you're annoyed by us <laughs> oh well this this is gig tales we are here to talk about tales stories things that happen at gigs all types of performances mainly i mean mainly musicians right terry because that's what yeah. you, and I, you and i are so that's yes friend but i still i still want those recital stories those I dance know. recital stories I need, you know, I did years of dance. I, I need to just kind of collect some of those stories. But yeah. if you, yeah, I, I think we can have some guest dancers on here. We'll um, do an ep on that. Yeah. But uh, today we have a special guest. We do. We have another special guest for you. Um, this is a, I, it's kind of weird. Are they, are they really all special? If you call no. them all special? By like, definition, kinda... yeah, by definition, by calling them all special, they have lost their specialness. <laughs> I think, I think that's true. Um, but this one is special. So this is someone who has been uh, referenced quite a bit on this, on this podcast. There have been uh, musicians who have played gigs with him on this podcast, and they have talked about the, the, the gigs that they have played with him. There are some notorious ones. And I have also recommended his music in some of our, our um, weekly music recommendations as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, He's... then you know what? Then I do think it is a special guest. I think that's Ooh. what makes you special. Right? It kind of is. He's, making, like, he's making heart signs in the camera right now. He thinks this is going to be a movie, and we just told him it is. <laughs> it's fine. We told His him. His acting is really good, though. <laughs> You're really good at charades. <laughs> Two words. <laughs> so, so who is our special so guest? Our special guest, if you haven't guessed it by either my description or the name of this episode, which has his name in it, we have with us Mr. Kevin Hurchin. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Welcome. Welcome Thanks for having me. Of course. So, um, so we've had Matt uh, on who has played at a few gigs. Uh, we've had my husband and our uh, podcast producer Tom on here as a guest who has played with you. And so I think if I'm, am I, I'm remembering correctly, I think we met through like the songwriters group, right? A, a local songwriter group. And we've done many songwriter nights together, which is mm. always a blast. I really, really miss those things. Like, can you even imagine packing like four four people on a stage really close to each other and then like sharing microphones all night. <laughs> Not anymore, ever, no. <laughs> is it ever going to exist no. anymore? Like, it's crazy. Do do? I know. I know. It's, it's like, it's so foreign now. It's weird. Back then it was like, you didn't even think twice. Yeah. You yeah. know, I just yeah. like eat, eat a microphone for four yeah. songs and then get off and next person comes up and licks the mic too. And you're just like, whatever. 
yeah, it wasn't even a, a thought. It's just, yeah. well, I miss those days. And I think, you know, that's obviously where we met. And then I think, you know, Tom started playing with you and, and played drums for you a bit. And yeah. So he played drums fun. for you real good. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, oh. He played them good. <laughs> what, uh, yeah. So what do you do for music? That's a sentence that I just said. I do music good. You do. You do. I do music I like Tom does drums. Good. good. I sing and play guitar. I'm the lead singer of my Kevin Hershen band. And I also play solo acoustic shows throughout New England and the country and Nashville. And as anywhere someone will let me play, I will do so. But yeah, I'm a rhythm guitarist and a singer. Cool. And yes. do you have a day job? No. <gasps> you make a living just doing music? Yes. Ding, 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 yes. ding, ding. Been you five are, years. You are officially what I consider a very special guest. I was just telling <laughs> Sean and I talk about this all the time. And he asked me the other day, do you find it absolutely amazing when someone makes a living by being a musician? You know, whether it's, you know, Robert Plant or like, you know, Kevin Hershen. And I said, yes. And in fact, if you listen to our podcast, you'd hear me say all the time, <laughs> I love that people can make a living doing music. I, that is so awesome for me to hear. Thank you for doing that for me. Hey, thank you for <laughs> acknowledging it. It's awesome. That's Somebody asked me that the other day, like, it's funny because like older, you know, all everybody, all different people will ask me. It's usually like, um, older patrons or whatever just like oh that's so cool that you're doing this and everything but i had this really young kid i don't know 21 22 was like dude is it awesome that like you can play music like it was just like this awesome like naive like you know he's thinking i want to drink beer every day you know it was just this awesome thing because he saw me come off stage and i knew him he was a friend of a friend and we were all just sitting at the table doing shots. And he was like, this is awesome. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty okay, cool. Okay, well, that explains it. And then he goes, no, He's he got goes, a bottle goes, of white out in the other hand. He's like, is it awesome that you can play music? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kid. I'm sure. No, exactly. And he goes, no. Um, and he goes, no, is that is that like awesome? Is that something you think about? And I was like, yeah, every single night I go to bed, I say a prayer. Thank God I get to play music for a living. And you know it's it's the best and you yeah. said you've been doing that for five years as your main job june 24th 2015 not that i remember the day yeah but. not that you're <laughs> counting or anything that's that's june crazy. 24th 2015 yeah i remember when i it was a thursday i left my job oh enough that i didn't like the job too i would have still done it if i didn't play music but uh my boss was so funny my boss said uh, this is the best. This is the weirdest exit interview I've ever done. Reason for leaving, going to be a rock star. Aww. Aww. <laughs> and I was like, Love that. I was like, well, you can put a like put a, 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 a fingers crossed next to that in a, in a hope mm -hmm. single. But uh, but it was yeah, it was really cool. So yeah, it was June twenty fourth, twenty fifteen. What yeah. made you? What made Thankfully. you make the leap from like having a day job or you know whatever it was to like I'm just doing this. I saw a lot of opportunities being missed. And I said to myself, you know what? I can hustle enough to fill my schedule enough. I'm only not filling it now because I had a day job. I was burning the candle at both ends. And I just had this conversation with another musician 
who was still doing it um, part-time. And he was like, aren't you so tired? I'm like, I used to be because I was getting up the next day to go to work and like exhausting all that energy, you know? But mm-hmm. once you, you know, once you just focus on one thing, you can, you can do it. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, that was, that was what made me know I could do it. I, I mean, I was still nervous, obviously. I was fearful. Oh like, yeah. That's a scary yeah, anxiety, yeah. but I knew I had done enough, you know, back work to that point to be like, all right, I know I can, I can do it. And so yeah. it was, you know, it was a little rocky at first, but yeah, it's, it's, well. it's hard work. So, I mean, I, I yeah. did it for a, a little, a little while and it's, yeah, it's, it's a hustle. It's a grind. And I think you, you, you have to love it. And that's like, it's a good way to find out if that's really, you know, what you want. And if you don't love it, then yeah, it's, okay. you can't, you just can't sustain that. It's, it's really hard, especially now. I mean, you yeah. know, the, especially here, like new England, the weather is getting colder. I mean, I've seen, I've seen you've been killing it all summer. So you really kept up. I know you have a lot of like regular, you know, weekly gigs and stuff in places that you play regularly. Um, but yeah, how is like the, are you, you know, looking at the cooler weather, like it's gonna put a, a damper on things here. Yeah, for sure. I'm bracing for the, uh, inevitable yeah. it lasted. The weather lasted longer than I thought, but, yeah. um, I don't know if that was funny. Like a month ago, people were asking me, I'm like, stop asking me that question. I know, like, I I'm know. living it I'm day by day, but no, I mean, yeah. I get it. Like it's something, but I, you know, I did my best to, um, play as much as possible in the summer and then squirrel away as much as I could to try to make it through. Cause you figure if it's November already, so it's November, December, January, February, March, April, maybe, you know, maybe six yeah. months. So, yeah. you know, hopefully have enough squirreled away where I can survive the six months and, and still like, I know I'll still be able to play. I hope it won't be like, you know, in March last year when we were like totally shut down, everything was shut down. Yeah. So I feel like it's going to be just a little less than it was. So certain places don't have the room inside, so they won't be able to. So, I mean, maybe my gigs will be cut in half, but I still think that will be, that'll be manageable. But yeah. a lot of bar owners, we're all working on um, creative ways to do things, you know? Yeah. 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 Yep. Tents yep. and heaters and outside and giveaway blankets. And yeah. I, yeah. I was playing on the beach. Like, well, it's crazy because today was 70 degrees, but like a month ago, it got down to 46 degrees. I was playing on the beach and the place was packed. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? It was just yeah. like kids from college were just like, we have no place to go. All uh-huh. these places suck and we want to be outside. And, and everyone had, you know, parkas on. And I'm like, you guys are out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But people are like desperate for, for live music yeah. and for something different. So, I mean, yeah. And it's definitely been kind of the, the mother of creation or invention and people are doing some pretty, cool things um so that's cool to see and you were doing a lot of the live streaming stuff too like i think you know at the beginning with the lockdown i remember yeah Um, i'm gonna go back to that too which is you know what's interesting about that is um uh, even at my live like physically live shows people keep coming up are you ever going to do those live instagram live feeds really like they really wanted them i'm like yeah i'm like that's cool i'm like so people are actually asking i'm like well hey the the inevitable cold weather will get you what you want so yeah why don't we're gonna do it why don't we all just get holograms and (laughs) never leave the house i mean this is a movie right 
<laughs> now, it, now it's definitely a movie. We're getting there. We're I feel holograms. like, yeah, I feel like we forced our way into a movie plot and uh, we have it now. It's no, here. It's there. All right. So that, that'll be our winter plan. Um, so yeah, hologram enough, it up. enough of the depressing, uh, you know, ultimate future that we have here. So yeah. no, but I am looking forward to the lives. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And and all our listeners, you guys should definitely follow Kevin's uh, social media and stuff. We'll link it into the posts and everything, so you can catch those when they when they happen. Um, how did you? I don't think I. I don't think we've ever really talked about this. I don't really think I know. Like, how did you get into music originally? Um, into playing guitar. Did you play guitar? first where you, you sing your family that played okay uh well i always sung okay um i sung i sang um metallica one <laughs> for my fourth grade class yes yes <laughs> just sang it yes. did you so, do any accompaniment no so it was back in the day when like <laughs> the the old um technology was when you sing you know how the music would cut out like the singer would cut back like once you spoke it would the yes. volume would go down would a little and when you yeah. yeah when you stopped singing the music would come back in louder that's yeah. what it was so that so i sang over the tape the cassette of metallica's one was that, that was probably your first, the first thing. your first gig yeah. yeah yeah that was the first thing i ever did it was awesome I was so and you nervous, just knew you were like this is for me grade. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So that was in fourth grade. But so I was always singing. Then I played piano a little, but only by ear. So I never learned to play piano. Uh, that's actually on my bucket list. I want to learn to play piano. Nice. And, uh, but then I played guitar when I was 15 because my dad played guitar and sang as well. And he always had guitars laying around. So I uh, just started strumming and it's, you know, it was awful at first. And I was like, I should probably really learn to play this thing. <laughs> So then he gave me the books that he learned from and I just sat there and made the chord shapes the whole afternoon until played it to my fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was the yeah. summer of 99. <laughs> I wish oh. it was more, uh, 95. But. I actually right. did get my first guitar in 99. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. It's amazing. I I'm <laughs> still not over the fourth, the fourth grade. The fourth oh, grade yeah, Metallica. Yeah, yeah I, I was trying to think my, of what else. My brothers, because they're, you know, 10 and seven years older than me, I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, like, they were into, you know, the Metallica and like all the grunge stuff like Nirvana and, and Pearl Jam and like the whole, you know, Seattle scene and Soundgarden and whatever. And my mom will joke about how like, it, I'm like in kindergarten and... I have these, you know, I'm five or whatever. My brothers are like 15 and 13 and listening to like all of that stuff. And all the little kids are singing like little like nursery rhyme songs and stuff, kid songs on the playground. And I'm over there singing like Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman. Like headbanging with like a crazy <laughs> head full of curls. So yes. like, don't worry about her. She has older brothers. <laughs> it's okay. Yes. So I the can- official theme song of this podcast for some reason. <laughs> That's the best. Stop. It is. So how do you go? How do you go from fourth grade Metallica concert (laughs) to like (laughs) to today where you're like a country country rock, I would say, singer songwriter. 
Um, what's that um, journey like? The funny thing. Um, so I wanted to be in the jazz band when I was in high school because there was an older kid that ended up being in my original rock band like 10 years later. But he was older than me and he played and I was like, I want to do that. So I really didn't know how to play guitar. So the funniest thing about it was I was the uh, the instructor was the teacher was like, well, you got to take basic guitar, like to learn basic guitar <laughs> and I'll put you in the jazz band. So I was simultaneously in the jazz band trying to learn these ridiculous chord shapes and trying to learn how to play like, you know, um, you know, I can't even think of a song. To, like, Mary had a little lamb on the friggin' guitar in, <laughs> in uh, basic guitar. So like, dang, kudos to him because he, uh, he allowed me to do it. And it was really, it, it made me learn quick, you know? Yeah. So it was good. But, but um, as far as your question about, um, it's a funny thing. When I used to write songs when I was in high school and junior high, I would obviously try to impress women and girls at the time. And the girls would be <laughs> Every like. Every single <laughs> male guest that we had, straight male guest that we've had on here is like, well, it's how I got chicks. So I'm right. girls. <laughs> always a factor. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. It, I forget a lot of that, and then like I'll see girls, and they'll be like, "You used to sing me to sleep." I, but I used to sing sing like Metallica. Like what like, at their house? Like you'd you go to their no, on the houses. Phone. On the phone. <laughs> Back when you used to like call your crush and like yeah, talk to right. your crush on the phone for hours. Whisper. Yeah, oh, whisper until your mom was like, "Go to bed." But but um. <laughs> But they would say, to much to my chagrin, they would say, "You singing kind of sounds like country. Like you sing like a country guy." And this was when you know, nineteen ninety seven, and I was like, "No, no, no, yeah. I don't. I don't sing country. Stop it, stop it." You know. And they were like, "No, you kind of sound like you have like a twang." And I'm like, "No, stop." And I think it was because I was enunciating the words. Like I just really spoke mm. my R's and stuff. And I would like, I don't know. Often, I just never, never land. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, I think that's what it was. <laughs> it was the countrified James. Ah, no. So, and uh, I don't know. And then, and then I just started listening to country, um, like a little bit, peppering in. I'll never forget, like the first. So, two thousand three, I was playing a lot of shows, and. Um, people were oh i was mixing in um oh my god what is it dirk's bentley what was i thinking because i can't believe how that that's that old actually it's oh, yeah. 17 years old wow. so and people were like and people you know yeah i'd be playing like you know the eagles hotel california then i'd play that or something They're like what are you doing what is this country bumpkin stuff you know <laughs> and i just and i just liked it so i'm like all right well i'm gonna pepper in the songs that i like you know like the 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 kind of rock ones you know not i'm not gonna be singing like brooks and dunn or garth brooks and stuff yeah. i wasn't doing that at that time but i was like you know playing the the jason aldean and whatever it was to and people were funny like oh what is that i don't know what that is like that doesn't sound too country when you do it like you're singing it like acoustically you know mm -hmm. so it just kind of lent itself and then i started liking um the good singers you know that came out and then obviously all the music that i liked like you were mentioned all the nirvana pearl jam alice and chains went by the wayside they were gone Oh, and yeah. then a little bit of three doors down and stuff like that. And so they were all gone. So I had to find, I'm like a total consumer of new music. So it was like, well, what's mm -hmm. coming out that's new? Like I like a lot of Caesar 
and they're kind of new. There's some new stuff there, but Foo Fighters and stuff. But but yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it turned country. So I just, I still just try to expand my horizons a lot. But yeah, yeah, it it's we talked we've talked on here a little bit about like what happened to rock, like where uh, yeah. like new rock, like <laughs> like what what happened I to that genre? Gonna, I was gonna save this. <laughs> for my recommendation, but I'll bring it up now. Um, Jack White was on SNL a couple weeks ago and it like, I was like, he's going to do it. He's going to save rock and roll. Um, And he wrote, he he sang his new song for the coronavirus, Sicky Thump. Uh, It was all about, that's not what it's really called. I'm making that up. It was all about, (laughs) I just want to be clear. Uh, it was like very clearly about the coronavirus and I, my fucking blood was pumping. Cause I do, I love rock and roll. I'm such a, I don't know, stereotypical, like I love seventies, eighties, nineties rock. And then, yeah, in the er- mid early two thousands, it like, it really went away and mm-hmm. what a bummer, but it was so exciting to see Jack White do something that I thought was really new and exciting and listenable. And I thought he did a great job. So yeah, maybe he was on, this is like a weird side note, but he was on, didn't he fill in because they were supposed to have a country artist and the, he didn't follow the COVID rules for being on SNL? Oh, Morgan Wallen. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't remember who it was, but he like went to some party and posted it on like yeah. TikTok or some shit. Yeah. Like, like, come on guys. Like he, you know, he apologized and whatever, but yeah, yeah. I was, I was actually like glad to see the video like taking it seriously and yeah they do and like that's why i don't want to turn this into snl hour because yeah but that's why like (laughs) cecily strong and ad bryant aren't on um aren't on this season they haven't been on yet is because so typically all right i'm gonna keep this very short but historically (laughs) lauren you know what i will give the wrap it up sign on this my podcast the movie kevin kevin's really good at charades i want to yeah he's doing a really good job actually i feel (laughs) personally affected by these but so lauren typically doesn't let people even if they're filming in like california or some shit he won't let them miss the saturday show very historically without having like adverse effects to their career or like their relationship with him it's like not a pleasant thing i've been talking a lot about that recently and Uh So Cecily and Aidy are filming elsewhere and he is not having them come back because it will break the um, COVID like requirements. They have to, they would have to fly in on Friday and that would be enough time to like take a test and pass and everything. So he's just not making them come back for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes, makes sense. Um, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, so rock. Have, you, have you ever so. been on Saturday Night Live and something crazy <laughs> happened? I know. So, no, yes. I was having a party and I broke the rules. <laughs> <laughs> you were That's that guy. You posted on yep. damn TikTok. Well, it, so it's interesting because you said you're an all, uh, a total consumer of music, right? And we just, before we started recording here, we got a little glimpse at Kevin's CD collection. You want to tell this isn't a movie what you have next to you in that room of yours it's it's they're antiques really (laughs) yeah these are discs that go into a machine and then it reads and you hear music it's so weird it comes with a little book the story of the cd oh Oh, my favorite part like a gramophone i god i miss liner notes i know i know me too 
God. It is such a, it, it's such a lost art. That is, that is something I, I love obviously digital music and it can sound amazing and you can do what you want with it. But um, yeah, the, the physical product and the line yeah. notes, uh, you learn so much. Like I, I know. found myself, even today I was listening to Tom Petty on my phone, obviously. And <laughs> I went and I just Googled uh, whatever, whatever I was listening to. And I was like looking up the lyrics or the year it came out and who produced it, you know, like I was like, at least I know I can still find it on wiki or whatever the hell I'm looking up. But yeah. uh, there's nothing like holding that, you know, on, <sighs> on Christmas day and being like, Oh my God, I'll oh. never forget. Quick aside, Alice in Chains to be specific about that band was when the three legged dog album came out, the self-titled one, I was young and uh, I went through and I just remember looking at every song that was written before I even listened to the music. I was like sitting there under the tree, you know, looking at it, Ma, can I listen to it? When can I listen to it? So uh, I was like looking through the liner notes and every single one of them was, um, Oh my God, I'm drawing it. Jerry Cantrell, Jerry Cantrell, Jerry Cantrell, not Lane Staley, the lead singer. And at that time I'm thinking, I knew he was going to pass away. He was going to overdose. That's and how he you was, knew. <sighs> and he was not involved. Yeah, he wasn't involved in the writing process anymore. He was uh, off. He was going to die. He was off overdosing. Awful story. But Jerry was the band's brain, and he was writing everything. And then, like, a year or two later, he put out a solo album called Boggy Depot, Jerry Cantrell by himself. And I was like, there you go. You fucking it put it to – wow. That's yeah. amazing. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> it was, it was kind of cool, but I was just like – I kept looking through and, and it wasn't that way in the beginning of those records. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of Lane Staley, but then it was mostly Jerry Cantrell carrying it because of, yeah. um, of the, of the drugs. But, wow. but anyway, but yeah, I have a ton of uh, CDs and it's mostly rock and hard rock and um, alternative rock, or it was from <laughs> the, uh, What's that place called? Clearing House. Oh, yeah. Columbia, Columbia, Columbia House. House. Yes. yes. <laughs> or BMG. Or BMG. Because you paid a cent. And then like right? $8.95 a month after that or right. something, right? Although my friend got, he seriously got sued by BMG because he created, he changed his parents' home address into like a condo. And like made it like 22A, 22B, 22C, like whatever the, like, and so he had CDs upon oh CDs coming to his home. And then they were like, they found out that it wasn't, it was a, a residential home and not a like corporate building. And he got sued. His parents oh my got God. sued. Terry is miming a slow clap right now. Like it was, it was I mean, awesome. Well, because we would never do that. We were so nervous, like all of my friends. But this one kid did it, and then so he would like take the orders. Like, what do you guys want? I'm doing twenty <laughs> for a penny. I'm like, I want Creedence Clearwater Revival, Greatest Hits, man. I need Skinner again. You know, like. <laughs> But give me the new bro, uh, bro, do you have, wet sprocket. Bro, do you have melancholy and the infinite sadness up in there? Yes. <laughs> I need the Oasis new one. I'm serious. Oh my god. So good. But yeah, that's uh that's how most of this um menagerie came to be. Yeah. Because you know, you just wanted to well, you wanted to have the biggest collection in the in the yeah. land, you know. You yep. did, yeah. Hence the giant 900-pound box in my attic that yeah. comes with me from that step. <laughs> well, mine, yeah. mine is still next to me, and it's still in alphabetical order. Okay. So that's, that's really that's impressive. That's how it rolls. Yeah, mine's alphabetical. somewhere in the basement, yeah. 
alphabetical and chronological. So by by band. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch things up and ask about live music again. <laughs> so you play out. You what kind of gigs do you mostly play? Do you play at bars? Do you play at like, boats? <laughs> boats and hose. Um, no, paragliding events. These days, I'm mostly doing bars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but and mostly, uh, solo mostly acoustic solo gigs. Stuff. Now, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, a year ago, I was trying to do maybe one or two band gigs a month. Mm -hmm. So that was working pretty well. We were getting, we would only hold out for the larger, cooler venues. You know, not just yeah. Joe's Bar and Grill down the street. Mm -hmm. We would try to have. Um, you know, the fun ones, the summer ones, the outdoor ones, the boat ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, but yeah, mostly now it's, it's bars. How do you, so because at, you play mostly solo and then with a band occasionally, I just cannot get, I, I just can't enjoy, I don't enjoy playing alone. I, I just can't do it. I don't know. I just, don't like it How, what do you feel like obviously you you like it i hope um i know i think i'm i'm weird in that but like what how, what is that experience like for you and like the difference between playing alone versus playing with a band well can i ask what do you, you like about it yeah can i ask you what you don't like about it yeah to, so i think and i've tried to analyze this a little bit i think like i don't enjoy being like <laughs> the, like center of attention mm -hmm. um i don't I, even like when i play with the band i don't enjoy i'm not like a front person i don't okay. like enjoy like I, I like to be part of i like to be i'm like the lead singer but because i like to sing and i like to play my music and stuff but i don't i like to like share even the way we set up on stage like i'm not in the, in middle, the middle up front like up i'm front. on a side we're all like together in a line like and I really enjoy the collaborative part of music and like playing with other people. And I, I just like, I, I'm obsessed with my bandmates and I think they're all amazing. So I just love to like sit there and just play my keys or like sing and listen to them. And that, that, that like brings me joy. And I don't even really, not that I don't care about the audience or whatever, it depends on the venue, obviously, but I'm like less concerned with the listeners and it's more about like hanging out with my friends, making music for me. And I, I, I learned actually, that like over time. Ashley's actually <laughs> not even playing the piano. She's just pretending. It's off. So she can be up and listen to them. Yeah. The whole scam. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it looks great. <laughs> it works. It works amazingly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Got us. That's a great, uh, yeah. That movie is great. No, uh, but well, no, that's a great answer. That's, you know, that makes total sense what you're saying. I mean, I, I don't know. I love to sing. I love to be able to hear myself sing. So with the band, it's a lot louder. So ah. it's, it's, um, it's just different. I like both, but I like to be able to be creative. So, the band, we don't play enough together. We don't practice enough together for me to be creative. Now, that's like, obviously, in the future, if we do that, I will probably be able to have the outlet of creativity there. 
but yeah. as it stands right now, there's no, there's not enough practice. There's not enough time together. There's not enough gigs and stuff. So it's kind of wrote, you know, it's, it's pretty cookie cutter to the set list, what we're doing. And I love, I love those guys. It's two different animals. You know, this, like yeah. a lot of people ask me, which one do you like better? I'm like, I think they're even, mm-hmm. you know, they're the same, they're, they're the same love because they're so different. They're such different animals. I mean, I'm doing the same things, but I sing a lot of different songs with the band. I sing a lot of um, songs I don't have to play guitar on. I can hit different notes because um, I can project better. Just, I don't know, different things like that. But when I play a solo gig, I can just wing it. Like, you know, let's play this song. I don't know, pull up a song I don't even know, you know, uh, do a longer chorus, you know riff off separate things play a lot of original music that i wouldn't normally play mm-hmm. so um i don't know I, I like experimenting with my voice too like more than i could with the band because again they're following my lead or vice versa so yeah. i can't be as creative as i would but yeah no um, that, yeah I, that's interesting so, there's definitely like i love being more of a freedom center. yeah 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 well yeah but yeah you can kind of do do what you want like you said like oh i'm gonna add a add a beat onto this chorus that's <laughs> fine i'm just like right if people like it let's do it here it's easier it's a little harder with yeah a band especially if you're you know not playing together all the time and kind of on the same wavelength so that makes sense right it makes sense but but I, been, yeah i love both and yeah. you have been able to play during the coronavirus but mostly you've been playing solo not with the yeah, band. we did. We just did one band gig, uh, October twenty fourth. You're really good at one. dates. You got a lot of specifics with the dates. <laughs> For real, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how I'm usually good, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I'm just hoping you don't fact check. No, but uh, <laughs> so we we played outdoor. We played an outdoor gig with Timmy Brown actually, October twenty fourth. Um, because it was outside. So that was the first gig we played since, um, here's a date for you. We were supposed to play March 14th. It was, yeah, we were, our last gig was probably February. We were supposed to play March 14th at uh-huh. six three. What? Yeah. <laughs> but we got canceled because of COVID. That was like the start of COVID. Remember it was, it was right the beginning. Oh, I, my, my last right. gig before the summer was March 13th. And yeah. I remember because it was Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, because it was my. And birthday, we were like, should we do it? Oh, we we're like, should we do it? Should we not do it? We like, okay, we'll do it. But yeah, that was really that was the first like weekend. Right. So. I my birthday basically started COVID. But anyway, it's it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's but that's how I remember March fourteenth because the next day yeah. we were supposed to play at six string and uh, but we we didn't play that one. So we did play October 24th and that was the first one since February and it was just great to be back together. Like we hadn't practiced, we were so rusty and everything, but you know, we just said, Hey, let's have a good time. We're all professionals. Like we knew, we knew we could pull it off, you know, but you know, it was, it was a little rusty, but it just felt so good to have, you know, the guys back and and do what we're doing and have a good time. Have you had uh, any, uh, have you had any issues like while you were performing with the coronavirus? We had some people, not while you were performing, while you had the coronavirus during this (laughs) situation, like we had some people who had like, odds like getting up in their face and having distance issues and stuff. You know, what's funny. It's like, the, no, that hasn't happened. And it's like the silver lining. Oh my God. I love it. Like I love, cause I am so I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're claustrophobic and you play in these like really tight spaces with people that get up in your face. Yeah. That's not good. I'm more like what's it's not agoraphobia. That's like big spaces, right? I'm the small spaces, like or like or that's claustrophobia. But no, with like a lot of people around too. Like Mm. I guess that's claustrophobia, but like if there's there's a lot of people in a place, like I'll go outside to get air. Like I'm like you know, waiting for a table at a restaurant. This is before COVID, but like, thank God I'm tall. I can be above people, but like, <laughs> <It's true. laughs> but like if there's a lot of people waiting for a table and there's like bodies all around me, I'll be like, I'll be going to go outside. I'm going to be, yeah. but yeah. Okay. And that is, I... it is interesting. Cause as a musician, right? Yeah. That's Tom. That's why he likes being a drummer. Cause he's behind, but oh, he yeah. can't stand. Yeah. He'll just okay, disappear. But... But I have that too, because like if I'm in a place, whether it's a restaurant, a bar, whatever, and there's a ton of people, I wouldn't say I'm claustrophobic, but I am just, I don't know what the word, you're right. There's a word for it. It's it's not about being, it's not about the size of the space. It's about, for me, it's about like not having a clear escape route. And I remember we went to this um, bar in Germany and it was like an underground nightclub. They have a lot of like (laughs) underground and they were doing karaoke and all of a sudden <laughs> so we were crazy. in this bar and there are these you know hundreds of years old buildings it's fucking germany it's been there forever yeah and i've done the same thing i know exactly what you're talking about and I, we yeah. were at the back of the bar towards the stage and all of a sudden i looked up and i'm real and i'm like the door is over there way over there and look at all these people and i get very mm. like and then all of a sudden i'm scanning and i'm looking at everyone and everything and it is it's some yeah. kind of like claustrophobia agoraphobia thing combined where you're like right. i am in a sardine can and i don't right. really like this <laughs> yeah you summed it wow. up perfectly but yeah that's the, <laughs> no i mean that's i couldn't have said it better but that's um that's, that's the silver why lining. it's my podcast <laughs> it's my movie though so, so. but but, <laughs> but no that's the silver lining people keep asking me oh do you like playing out with COVID. I'm like, kind of, because <laughs> you're 14 feet away. Stay the hell away. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you want to drop me a, uh, a $5 bill? Then that's fine. But you keep arms distance and you yell your request out and you just walk away. No, I'm just you fold it <laughs> into a paper airplane. You yeah. fly it at me. Fly it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. No, no. But people have been, I, I've been very lucky. I mean, obviously when people get drunk, they get more, their inhibitions are gone and they get more loose and they come close and they don't, I don't, you know, it's not malicious, but you just got to remind people and, and stuff. And then they get, they back off a little bit. Um, but it's cool because the, the parameters in place kind of, you know, set this tone already. Like you see like a plexiglass or, or I have like my guitars in front of me kind of making a little barrier, you know, or whatever it is. So it's really cool. It's been, it's been, yeah. you know, it's been actually very manageable, which is, I'm very lucky. That's good. Was it ever not cool beforehand? <laughs> I was going to say, so pre-COVID, have you, I'll tell you what, been, though, like your yeah. obnoxious audience people? <laughs> no, the only, the only thing, and it's nobody, and this is why you, as a musician, you can't really get mad because no, like, again, it's not malicious, but you know, people are drunk and they don't wash their feet, watch their feet, like where, um, <laughs> where they would uh, hit the, hit the mic stand. I've, you know, luckily not lost any teeth but it's come close i've gotten fat lips before from the no! microphone hitting me in the lip oh, oh yeah, yeah. that is the having, worst it's the worst i threw my guitar down one time because i was so mad because i told the person three times it was a friend of mine actually and i told them like two or three times i was like come on man don't do it don't do it 
they're like, ah, well, you know, I'm not again, not malicious, just drunk. And then like, you know, skippy feet over there but hits the thing. And I'm like, cause you, cause you know, it's the tripod. <laughs> yeah. Skippy McGill in his feet. <laughs> but like, but the tripod of the, of the mic stand is a problem. Well, it's really yes. a problem. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. And oh, like you said, I'm sure you, Tom, everybody knows it's mm -hmm. that when you get that microphone in the mouth. Oh yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had a cut lip. And, uh, uh -huh. but thank God it didn't hit my teeth, but, um, yeah. that's, that's the worst. So oh, yeah. that's kind of alleviated with, um, with this COVID. So it's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I would agree. I think most, most of the time it's just, it's, it's nobody, nobody's ever done it on purpose. It's just, no. Right. there's the tripod on the bottom, the stand. And then there's also like a boom arm usually that's like sticking out and everything's black and it's dark and people are drunk and dancing and they don't see it. And it's just, yeah. Right. But you can like almost sense it happening, and then I find myself like covering my teeth with my lips and like moving, doing like the weird like turtle head back, like yeah, because you just know it's you don't want to fucking knock a tooth out with yeah. one of those. And, and then sometimes I just smash my own face into my mic by accident, like <laughs> but I don't um, know, just like yeah. death perception. Sometimes yeah. once in a while you get a good tooth knock going on. Oh, for sure, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um so what other do you have any like specifically memorable gigs where they're either like crazy stuff happened or they were just like extra cool like <clears throat> experiences i as we were talking well because like i said I, I didn't really prepare or think of these things but as we were talking i did come up with a few i just thought of one 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 was um <laughs> one was Saint the loneliest number oh yeah that too and it was oh saint was patrick's day of, right saint patrick's day the worst well the no worst no here, day. It, it, well yeah exactly but this was funny because i um i forget oh so it was a bar owner and he had he had two locations and he you can kind of see where this is gonna go but he's like all right i want you to play at this bar so i'm like okay so i show up nobody's there because it's an inside bar it's a beautiful day and it was a and it wasn't an irish bar but he, he was like yeah yeah it's not so i show up and the bartenders are like there's nobody here are you sure he wanted you to play i'm like yeah dude i got this text right here from him he's like oh yeah it says three o'clock whatever it is i'm like he's like all right well nobody's here if you want to have some food just hang around so i'm like all right so i didn't even set up i started eating and he the owner calls me and he's like dude are you coming i'm like yeah i'm sitting at the bar he goes oh man he goes i own two places you gotta come to the other one <laughs> he goes i can't believe it was his fault he goes it's all my fault i can't believe it. he goes but so the other place is this huge tent there's carnivals there's all this there's people everywhere they're like dude you're a half hour late what's going on we missed the whole gig i'm like i don't know i was sitting over there eating corned beef and cabbage like what are you guys doing i'm like I, but i was so happy to be out of because the other place sucked like, this, i don't want to be there this is horrible so i go to the new place and then i only had like you know an hour or so at the other place because i was coming oh it. it was so funny but he, he the owner felt bad he's like i never told you i showed him the text i was like look you said this how far Cause, apart cause, how far apart were the places uh like 20 15 20 minutes it wasn't oh, okay. bad that's right not horrible but but 
No, but the, the the funny thing was is that the place that he owned that I went to originally was his last name. So it was like, well, I went to your place with your last name. I forgot that you owned or I didn't know you owned this other place. Yeah. Was like, his first know. name? <laughs> what? The other place was his first name. Right. And I didn't know that. It was so weird. I was like, who names it after their first name? Jeez. But no, uh, but that, yeah, that was one of them. Uh, oh. and the, Another one was like chasing down money, oh, which was the worst. I was trying to think. Oh, one was we played for a um, a college, and of course there were underage people like sneaking into it, and then the cops came and shut it down. And then, <laughs> so we were playing in a big venue with like multiple um, places to go. Like inside, you could go. You know, you could hear the music inside, but we were playing outside. It was a smaller tent. And there was all this other stuff and you could be out like in the yard, so to speak in the back where there was a uh, fence and wow. the cops came and they were like, all right, this is all underage. Like what's going on. This is awful. You're so loud. Like you're disturbing the peace and everything else. So you're doing everything so, wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was a duo I was doing with another guy yeah. and he, and he, and so then they were like, all right, well, we have to be quiet. So we have to all fit under this tent. And it was like this really little tent that we were playing under. And it would talk about claustrophobia. Like it was awful. And like, it was all these like underage kids just like, Oh, falling all over themselves. And Oh my God. It was, oh, God. It was so fun. I was just like, we need to, we need to keep drinking and get this going. But yeah, everyone trying to cram under this little tent underage and like kegs. And it was a nightmare. Oh, oh my God. what Ugh. college was what it was at like on um, a college campus no it was a bar right next door to a college yeah, gotcha. but um i'm trying wow. to think there was one other one that i specifically had that i can't that i can't remember right now but yeah i mean there was always those botonian ones where the where the <laughs> where there was no where there was no um sound system and there was water involved and yeah yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah. seem like a good combo to me. No, right. The, the boat. I think I came to the boat one the first time that you did it, and there was like band drama. There was like <laughs> band life drama. Oh, oh, oh yeah. There of was like sound equipment drama. There was like you got stuck in an elevator. That's right. Oh, we did oh, share that right. story. We did. We did. That was you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I've ta- I've talked about that story. But what was so your experience of that one? That Botonian. Oh, like everything could go wrong. Did yeah. They probably all won just, together. I just liked the venue so much. That's the thing. Like I wanted to keep doing it because I like once you're playing that gig see that's one of those ones where you want to be a rock star because you want to just show up put your guitar on play and then leave right mm-hmm. like that's you know i i always say that's my that's my wish like i don't yeah. need millions of dollars i just don't want to break my stuff down at the end of the night anymore like i'm <laughs> done know. you know what i mean like yeah. you're so tired you just don't want to you, and i don't want to go like have a beer and talk to the people that are there and then it takes so long to break down and then by the time you break it down they're like oh well we were hanging around for a little bit waiting for you and then they leave but anyway but like those are the things like that gig is an awesome awesome gig on a boat where you have an instant crowd who's ready to have a great time they're, they're at, captive at <laughs> jump street yeah, yeah they can't leave yeah <laughs> they are on and they're forced, and to, yes. they're forced to dance under maritime law 
<laughs> this is true. Yes. This is pre-COVID, of course. Yeah. Oh God. But, yeah. Uh, but it, it's just amazing. And so that's one of those things, like I said, if, if you could show up to that gig and just plug in and then leave, Oh, that would be, and it's just so fun. Like when you're playing that gig, you have so much fun that you, you want to keep doing it again and again. But now, you know, it's just, it's, it's such the, a pain in the, the ass. hours before of like bringing your stuff on that rickety dolly, like down the right. dock, like <laughs> down the bridge. And oh, it's a nightmare. Sounds like yeah. a nursery <laughs> rhyme. In the way. Rickety dickety <laughs> yeah. dolly going rickety down the dock. Rickety dickety dock. Um, yeah, there's always and, like people in the way and then you have to go park in a garage and. Well, that was it. So I don't, I don't, I remember getting stuck in the, um, elevator but i don't remember like how that was resolved i just remember going up and down and like not getting out and stuff but i knew that like you guys knew where i was so. did you get out no <laughs> he's still I'm there, still there. He's doing no. this yeah this is where i'm doing the thank god i have a good signal it's like terrible yeah. i don't even could you phone that. someone for me <laughs> no. I feel like we were like parked on the side of the road with the hazards on yes. and I think like oh. you were like we had all your stuff on the curb because mm. like that's another thing where you have to it has to be strategic and you need multiple people because it, now you're in like Boston and you're yeah. like at the seaport right so you're like parked on the side of the road which is not even the, like you have your hazards on you're hoping nobody hits you now you have to go get all of your stuff with multiple trips with the, <laughs> the rickety dickety dolly. Rickety dickety dolly. And then you have to like leave your shit, unload it onto the side of the road into your car. But then someone has to stay with the car and you don't want to have everyone's cars. So I think we had your stuff on the side of the road but you were going to go get your car. So we're all waiting there, like guarding your shit with our cars, like with hazards on. I'm like, where is he? Nightmare. How how long were you trapped in the elevator for? I don't know, Ash. How long was it? Like 20? No, 15? Yeah. It seemed like an eternity. Yeah, it did. It wasn't like hours, but it was probably. It was way too long. Yeah, Yeah, it was too long. It was too, it was alarmingly long, but it wasn't. Yeah, and you, you don't I'm remember sure. <laughs> how you got out, like how it finally. Well, like they they knew I was missing, so they like came to get me at the right. At the, I think somebody went at the uh, elevator. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And then it opened. It was like because it was moving, right? It just wasn't yeah, opening. I, see, I've tried to put this but through years of counseling behind me, <laughs> and I can't remember exactly what happened. No. No, no, but it was, yeah, it was definitely like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, Oh my god! but it was, yeah, it was, I, of course you have no service in there. So I'm like texting someone. I think oh, I did like finally get yeah. through to someone. I think that's yeah, what it was. Cause yeah. we knew <laughs> somebody finally got yeah. a text that you were stuck or yeah, something. And I was like, I'm stuck in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, no. But to that point though, I was just thinking of another one that like Copley, I think the Marriott Copley one or whatever, you have to go through like the laundry room, like you have to park <laughs> on a lo- loading dock, go in through the laundry room, up these stairs, through a thing, a guy gives you a key, like you swear to God, it's like, I go to the security guard, he gives me like a white, you know, little thing to like swipe when you go to the door, like, it's like, you know, Aladdin's castle, it's like, in a, it's, I don't know what's happening, like you go through. Hey, you, that is Jasmine's castle, yeah. Aladdin yeah. married into yeah. it. 
It's more like labyrinth. Yeah. Yes. Thank (laughs) you. Yes. David Bowie's there. Dance, baby, dance. (laughs) So that's what it was like. And it was terrible. So I'm like, I'm squeezing through like, Uh, you know, laundry and uh, (laughs) hot air, cold air up this side thing. Is this the right door? This is the bathroom. This is a locker room. (laughs) Then you're up. Then all of a sudden you just come out to this magical place where it's like an amazing um, restaurant where you're going to play. And, I don't know. I just fell out of a broom closet. How you doing? They don't. They don't like let you go in through a front door. They make you. No, go. I don't think there's an easy way to do it. That's why, because yeah. like where you have to park and where you have to go in is that's like the only way to get there. It's just a complete nightmare, and <laughs> it's seriously like like a labyrinth. Like you said, like nobody. They kind of tell you when you get the key. All right, yeah. So take a left at the you know Ish. you the. the the locker room and then I'm yeah. right at the you know freaking ironing station and <laughs> and then where the meat is getting cut right there <laughs> like you should you know it's terrible like, that's a meal really. yeah so I'm like all right and you know everybody <laughs> is looking at you like why are you coming through this door with the guitar what are you doing but like, clearly it's like the standard path and yet I they're suppose, still yeah. shocked by it. I feel like it's like a car wash. Like they have those spinning wheel things like, I'm like going through, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next. You know? Oh, the loaded and load out is, the I always say that's what we get paid for. The right. music part is fun. Right. That's free. I'm getting paid for all the other bullshit. That's like oh I said, God. I don't want, I don't want millions of dollars. I just want someone to, I just want to walk <laughs> in, plug in and then leave when I'm done. That's it. Mr. Brody. That's yeah. Someone <laughs> hands you a million dollar check. You're like, no, no, no. I walked in and I plugged in. That's right. Yeah. Hey, I can't take that. Give this to I, Brody. I just remembered that at <laughs> one of my gigs, your car got towed. Do you remember oh that? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God. We're yes. really de-therapizing. I know. Like, it's coming we're out. From... All the yeah, and I just missed it. Remember? Because they were yes. like, oh, you can kind of park there. Then I thought I could park where I was only for a little <laughs> while. And then they came up and they were like, oh, yeah, they're, they're towing cars, so you should go check. But he said it like kind of nonchalantly. So I went down and there it was driving down. I ran. Oh my God. I you ran, ran so hard. You I ran. caught. I yeah. caught the guy at the yeah. light and I was like, can you just lower it down here? He's like, nope. Once I pick it up, I got to bring it to the impound. We never saw you again that night. Like it was no. so weird. No. we played a writer's night at Loretta's and then no, no. Oh, I oh, had, oh, yeah. at a, I had a gig after. So I think we both played the writer's night. Then I went over the gig and then I think you came over like after the writer's yeah. night. Yeah. It was you, Ken and Tom. Yep. And yes. Yep. Yep, at that weird place. I don't even remember the name of. I don't even know. It was cool, though. I liked that place. It was kind of cool. It was like a weird spot. This was in Boston? In Boston. And yeah, there was like a weird little alley that it was like, you can kind of, yeah, like you said, it was like, you can kind of park there at certain times, maybe-ish, kind of. And of course, like, I remember you were like eating food and like hanging out. And then somebody (laughs) mentioned like, they're towing cars. And you just like left and we never saw you again. I, I ran and I had a bad back. I had just hurt yeah. my back. I was booking <laughs> to get down there and I did. And like, the guy was so funny. Like he felt bad kind of, but oh he was like, uh, nope. Once I pick it up, I have to keep going. So I'm like, well, where is it? Like, so now I'm like running the whole way just to get to where he's going to get. 
<laughs> and he was like, oh, it's around the corner. I'm like, geez, here we go. Because I didn't have a car, obviously. <laughs> so I had to just run. And I ran to the guy and I beat the car there. And he like, he's like, do you have cash? I'm like, I do. Oh, no, no. I think I had to go to the ATM that was next door. Oh, my God. Oh, How much was I think it was like a buck for 40 or something. It wasn't bad. Oh, it was whatever I had just earned playing some gig. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever I had in my... What an I Love Lucy twist of events. Oh, my God. Uh, Rough. Really rough. It was was interesting, but... Wow. I'm trying to think of... uh, I can't remember the last... (laughs) The other, um, the other gig I was thinking of. Oh, I've been double booked sometimes, and then, <sighs> you know, we've we've kind of riffed off each other. Actually, I just saw the first double book I ever had. I saw the guy two days ago because he was DJing a wedding that I was playing at cocktail hour, and this wow. probably had happened. The double booking probably happened like thirteen years ago, and wow. I hadn't seen him in so long. He was like, "Oh my god, Kev, what's May eighteenth." You both show up at this wedding. You're like, were we double booked for this wedding? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right, right. I'm like, not again. Stop. Wait a minute. You you played at a wedding a few days ago? On Sunday, yeah. Weddings are happening. What? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've been doing weddings like once a month at least. Yeah. Where? I've gone to. Outside. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Small outdoor. Yeah. Outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. And probably a lot of like, Newport, a lot of Narragansett, a lot oh, of water. Oh, that's right. So. And you're, you're in Rhode Island. They have different um, size gathering limits. Or right, limits. right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, but yeah, he was there. So the guy that got double booked with me, and he was funny. And uh, I was I was so bent out of shape because I was so young when, when I first got double booked. And like, you know, all my friends were coming down. They'll be hitting me up like, well, this is awful. Why are we here? Like, yeah. Whatever. So then the the guy was so gracious, like we kind of split the night or traded off songs and stuff. So. Nice. Aww. That's like so the best out outcome good. ever. It's normally like so yeah. awkward because it's kind of like whoever got there first and started setting up kind of gets like the territory. They have the territory. They've like marked the territory already. But then yeah. it just really sucks. Like I've been both spots like i've been the second one to show up and i've been the one that's like Ugh, i'm already like setting up so what are we doing and mm. right. yeah just trying to how does that out. typically uh, happen what's the mechanism under which that double booking usually occurs it's just the venue most times yeah. it's been the venue for me yeah you know? disorganized venue people yeah because yeah. a lot yeah. of times well yeah either either multiple cooks in the kitchen right yeah. handling mm-hmm. handling the booking or sometimes i book way far out you know yeah. so i'll do like three to six months out and then that person may forget that it was three to six months ago that we actually inked that and then they book another one but i mean yeah. i always you know i try to follow up or else i always have the documentation you know whatever mm. and then but that's yeah. the thing is actually as you know you know both both musicians show up with, yeah, I got the confirmation right here, you know? Yeah. So like we both have a thing that says, yep, you're playing Saturday night. And then they're both, and then the, you know, usually the venue works it out. Like they'll be like, you know, uh, hang around, have some food and drink on me, or we'll get you next time. Or you guys split like, you know, most most of the time. If that's their error, they at least pay both of you. I would hope. I I mean, I've, yeah, it's, it's really, I've never been. Yeah, exactly. I've never been like, you know, totally screwed out of a night, but you know, I can see both sides. Well, how are they going to, you know, afford double pay, you know? 
yeah. especially when someone's not playing. But yeah, I get it. I yeah. would be like, well, you know, it's not my error. I came to work and you didn't pay me. So yeah, but they usually make it good. I remember I played at George's in Galilee and, and they were like, oh, we'll just give you like all these steaks and lobsters all night. <laughs> like I'm a like, bag full of them to take <laughs> home. No, no. Just like, take this cow. <laughs> yeah. No, they gave me a net and I had to go out into the ocean. <laughs> it was weird. No, a, net, a net and a spear. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I could mean, hear the it, other guy playing. So. It, <laughs> it totally depends. I've heard, you know, all kinds of. Yeah a range of things, uh, stories there, but yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So one, I think kind of la- last thing, you know, unless you have stuff that other stuff you want to share, I, I just want to know, cause I'm such a fan of your original music. And I, like I said, I've request, I've recommended it on this podcast before, specifically the paint song. The best one is my, my favorite of your original so far. And that's like, you wrote that a long time ago, right? That's like an old, old song. And I remember you doing it at like writer's nights and just, lo- I always loved that one just from the first time I heard it. So I was so, ex- it took you so long to get it out and released. I waited years for that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Finally. It's true. Um, but like, what's it's your, tell, tell us about your original music. Like what's your writing process? What, you know, inspires you? How do you, how do you go about the whole original music thing. Well, thank you so much for loving the paint song. I love it too. So good. I mean, all of them stronger. Uh, yeah, like I, I, you know, I'm a fan, full fan. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, 2016 is when I wrote. I think is when I wrote um, really? the paint song. 2016, yeah. So I'm. You know, I'm glad though because I was going to put it on the original EP, but it just wasn't the universe didn't line up because it wasn't ready. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right producer. It wasn't the right, you know, just wasn't the right situation. So, uh, you know, I kept working at it and then I love how it came out now. So that's amazing. But that one was an interesting one because um, as far as process goes, I had met a kid at the Boston writer's night. chapter you know how there's the nsa yeah. chapter so yeah. i went there because i was like oh all right let me check this out but i didn't really mesh with that vibe as much so mm-hmm. i didn't really like it but i did meet one kid there that night that we kept in touch we we haven't kept in touch in a long time but at that time that was probably you know 2016 when i went and so he was going through this big writer's block thing. And I was like, well, I don't really get writer's block, but I don't write as much as I should. That's my problem. You know, like I, I should do it more as a practice rather than like an inspiration thing. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. more of a job, especially now that I do it for a living. So I wanted to get into that. What was it? June June 24th, 2015. So yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that kid was like, you know, I can't write anymore. And he was really good. Like he had some great songs because we presented our songs to the group and everything. And he was really, really good. He was more folky, but he turned me on to like some songwriting techniques that, or, or, you know, writer block uh, techniques or tricks, not tricks, but like to, to get yeah. out of writer's block, you know, yeah. ideas. Sure. And so he was like, you know, take some of your favorite songs and and don't even listen to them just write down the lyrics and just look at the lyrics on the page kind of thing like observe like where where the line breaks are where the where the um 
the rhymes are and all that other stuff. So it was really cool. And so I was like, all right, I'll do that. And so then the ne- I did that the night before. And then the next day I wrote the paint song. And I really, it's funny because <laughs> I hit him up and I was like, oh, this is, I, thanks for all that. I got this thing. He's like, I still have writer's block. What the hell? <laughs> He was all mad. He's like, I'm glad I could contribute to your writing. But I was like, dude, and it's funny how people come into your life, right? Like, uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time. We're still friends on social media and stuff, but he's more like, he's like a hockey coach now or something. He's not writing as much, but um, it was just that one night that I met him in there. And then, and then we did a couple shows. We did a couple of writer's nights locally where I am in Rhode Island together. And uh, yeah, we just kind of hung out and like, and, bounced ideas off each other. We never wrote together, but we just bounced songwriting ideas off each other, like, you know, who we listen to and, and, and how to, and how to get ideas and stuff. So, so specifically that song was how that one was. I was writing, I was looking at Jackson Brown specifically and, uh, and that's how that came about. But uh, the rest of the, the rest of the process is, is all just coming up with um, titles and ideas, you know, and, Mm. and, uh, I'm trying to co-write a lot now because I feel like I'm kind of up against the writer's block thing on my own. Like, I feel like there's too much in my head to get out. So it all comes out um, convoluted, you know, and I need some kind of, I need a good co-writer to cut through the muck and then be like, no, this is what you're trying to say. And so I have, I have found a few um, excellent co-writers that are able to do that with my, my muddy brain. uh, (laughs) (laughs) And we work it out that way. But I do, uh, you know, the overall scheme, I would say it's it's music and lyrics at the same time. Actually, mm-hmm. I had this conversation with my dad who would be like, he actually said it off the cuff. He's like, um, oh, here's my writing book or whatever it is. It was on the dining room table. And it was just like a you know yellow pad of all like lyrics. And yeah. I was like, uh, he goes, you must have like this too. I was like, no. And he was like, wait, you don't just write down lyrics? Like, I was like, no, my lyrics have to come with music. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I write. And it was, it was interesting because I always thought he, I always thought I got that from him, but yeah. that's not the way he does it. He always, huh. he always just wrote like a song of lyrics down. Yeah. Like a, and then know, tried to figure out how to fit it to whatever. To what music? Yeah. That's not how I write. I almost have to write with my guitar in my hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's interesting. I, I'm like so fascinated about that that stuff and just the different processes and stuff. I've talked a lot about um, there's a podcast called And the Writer Is about like all the you know top writers and all different genres now, and I I just love hearing like how how different it is. And I it was interesting. One of the episodes I was listening to recently was talking about how like songwriting is one of like the only forms of art where you're like literally creating something out of nothing like there's nothing there like if you're doing you know photography whatever there's like there's a subject and you're framing it and you're the the subject is already there you're taking a picture of it if you're like painting there's like an image or like a lot of times there's like something that you're copying or that you're you know you're you're doing a landscape or a portrait or whatever you're doing but and it's one of the only like collaborative types of art. Like <laughs> they were saying, you know, you never have a painter that's like, okay, let's get together and paint something. I'm going to do a stroke here. And then you do a stroke here. And we're like, going to do this sculpture. Yeah. I'm going to do the arms. You do the butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, 
I mean, if, unless it's like, hey, we're building this thing and, yeah. and people have different parts, whatever, but it's just Or very, is architecture art discussed? Yeah. I get what you mean. That's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I, not that it's the only, but it, it's very, no, it's, it's one, even yeah. within the arts where it's like, literally there's nothing there. And then you create something that exists in like, but it's over in like a, a in, once you hear it, it's gone. And, you know, then you can record things, which is like a whole other thing. I don't know. I feel like I need to be on drugs to have this conversation. No, no. I don't do that's, drugs. That's but like, so deep. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> awesome that you said that though, because it is, it is, um, you know, it's like the co-writers say, like we walk into a room with nothing and then we walk out hopefully with a great song. Yeah. You walked in with nothing. You walked in with nothing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you had nothing and then you leave and you're humming or playing or recording a, a song. Like yeah. it is an amazing, amazing thing when you actually, you know, talk through it like you just did. That was yeah, great. it is. Really it is. Great. It's like, it reminds me to appreciate even the ones that I think suck. Cause it's like, Hey, you still like made something out of absolutely nothing. Like even yeah. if you think it sucks I, the next day. <laughs> well, yeah. And the thing is, is that we, we get in our own way because we're musicians, but like you, you know, you play a gig out and, and, and someone will come up and be like, I can't like, how do you even like, what? Like, how did you write a paint song? Right. Like, how did you write the paint song? Yeah. Is this, yeah, the, same, like, is this you, the same yeah. kid from the beginning of the story? who was like, is it good? This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That was the same kid. No. He was drunk. No. no I, uh, I honestly, I cannot, I've never written a song in my life, and I cannot imagine how people write songs. It blows my yeah. fucking mind. It's well, here's cool the thing. Think so, about it. Well, you can't imagine writing a song. We can't imagine writing a number one hit song. <laughs> like, yeah. And then Shane McAnally and these guys have, you know. Yeah. yeah. Getting people to like it. Yeah. Or I don't want to say it's, like it. That's not absurd. the right. But like getting yeah public interest or whatever. Having it yeah yeah take flight. I it's funny. I actually I can't imagine not writing songs. Like mm. I don't. I I often say like I don't. I mean yes I can like you said Kevin. I can I can schedule time. I can sit down and do it as like a practice. It's like okay I'm gonna try to write something. But most of the time it's like I'm just writing something in my head and if I don't have something playing then I'm probably making something up or like they just they happen so I I can't not write a song I can't not like write a little melody that doesn't mean that they're all good of course <laughs> right but no like, no no there's always just, yeah there's always something working yeah. it just happens like I don't know well yeah I think it's because you love we love music and like I was listening because I guess now um John Mayer has a master class or something oh. I, I was I saw it on um I think obviously you have to pay but yeah he's got clips of it on his Instagram mm -hmm. and uh it's really awesome and there's a pretty good amount of the clip I think it's like 10 minutes or something of each yeah. and he just I, he kind of goes through songs like he's like talking about gravity and he was like what <laughs> I did here was I was like you know I didn't know what to do but I knew I wanted something good like whatever and he's like I had this lyric but it had to go with like prosody of like the music that I'm playing so like he's kind of teaching kids that too he's kind of saying yeah you know you can't have a happy song with sad music you know like <laughs> yeah. it, you know it just makes sense but but to hear him kind of break down his own songs, I'm like, oh yeah. my god, he's doing like he's doing like a writer 
pro writer masterclass. It's like, it's amazing because yeah. I love him to death. Yes, I love, uh, so I just, um, this kind of ties in a lot of the things we've talked about, the CDs, the, the, <laughs> the old music, the music that we miss. So I um, recently was reminded of the Matchbox 20 VH1 storytellers. I don't know, yes. <laughs> right? So the version of 3AM that Rob Thomas plays is just him and the piano and he tells the story of that song. Like it's so gorgeous about his mom who had cancer when he was younger and you would never like know that from listening to the song. And when he brought it to the band, they sort of sped it up and it became this like mid-tempo kind of like pop rock song right. or whatever. But it's it's hauntingly just gorgeous, whatever. And I was telling Tom about it and he's like he had never seen it or whatever and then it got me in this whole kick and i like made him watch the video and then i was like what year was this and i then i was listening to the whole like album on on spotify of course and i was like what year was this and i looked it up i was like i was like really young like i was like 10 years old or whatever and i can vividly remember like watching that and being like enamored just with the whole like the process and the story of the song and like obsessed with that and watching it over and over and listening, like laying on my bed, reading the liner notes, listening to like the CDs over and over. And those liner like, notes. Right. Right. But it always I comes was like, back wow. to the liners. It does. They just, they, you just sink no, into I know. them. But I think, well, it's amazing. Yeah. I know that version um, that you're yeah. talking about. Cause yeah, he yeah. slows it down, does a piano Yeah. to that point. It's interesting. Cause nineties rock was like that. It was almost, um, uh paradoxical on purpose right like yes. they were like well this could be a 3 a.m song about your mom like really slow and depressing but no no yeah. no this is the 90s we're making this a pop song <laughs> and then you know what i mean so it's yeah. like it's the same yeah. thing right yeah um he's got the one about the about his wife too his about wife the, um, the disease that diamonds she has on the, and the, yeah diamonds yeah. On the soles of her feet and it's like yeah so i guess there is some um magic to that as well if you want to if you want to yeah. change the tempo and 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 you know not fool people but you yeah know, hide, yeah disguise it because that's how disguise it was. yeah yeah that's and he talks about it like making it like relatable like making it so that it's not so like my mom has cancer in the song that's right, not the lyric right. of the song but yeah making it for sure uh, oh i missed that broad enough too. I know. I the know. titular, my mom has cancer. Yeah, you know. Liner notes, the, my classic. mom has cancer. <laughs> this song is inspired by my mom who had cancer. Yeah. All anyway, right. You know. Terrible. So Meanwhile, I guess. I'm, I'm just like drinking at 3 a.m. being like, this is great. <laughs> it's 3 a.m. I must be very lonely. Like everybody just wants to. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, like uh, I always say, what do I say that about? Um, oh, Summer of 69 seems, you know, melancholy. Also, uh, Piano Man seems melancholy, but like, it's like these drinking songs that everyone's like, yeah, it's great. And I'm like, if you yeah. listen to the lyrics, it's not, It's really kind of sad. It's yeah. kind of cool, yeah. yeah. But that's the cool thing about it, I suppose. I yeah. do. I like a song that's misleading. Yeah. I think like Mac the Knife is like the classic example of that that people always talk about because it's like so upbeat and snappy, but it's like, wait, what? What are you singing about? Yeah, that's interesting. Go. Yeah, is yeah. That a murderer? Oh. <laughs> that, what? What? Oh, yeah. So and I uh, think. Oh, sorry. I think, were you going to say? I think it's time to ask. Yeah, what yeah. To? So oh. yes, 
I think we're, yeah, this is kind of leading in and, and I can, you know, go first here. So we always close out our episodes here with something that you're currently listening to that you would, you would recommend. It can be, you know, new, something that you've just kind of thrown on. And I'll just say, I'm going to go with Matchbox 20 because literally I just put on, you know, <laughs> the, the old, the old albums and have been listening to them. And that was totally like, streaming the chrome casting the storytellers um vh1 storytellers which i i miss and i was like wow they're so young but actually the sound like this the mix and like the sound quality on that is like pretty legit like the video is horrible like it's so blurry now i'm like is that what tv looked like like Uh, (laughs) like really but um the sound's pretty good so you know, definitely, I would say that that storyteller's version of Maria. Um, I'll go ahead and just solidly recommend it, and we'll add we'll add these to our um, our Spotify uh, recommendations playlist. But yeah, Kevin, what are you listening to lately? Um, want to recommend? I'm all over the place a lot, but um, I've been listening to a lot of John Mayer. I always go back to John Mayer. Um, I was listening to some Stone Temple Pilots because I realized that... Oh, my God. We were listening to Stone Temple Pilots all day the other day while we were cleaning the house. Wow. That's amazeballs. But, um, no, what what I don't like is not knowing that new stuff has happened. Yes. Because I went and I was like, you know, hey, Siri, play blah, blah, blah. And... Um, everyone's phones that are listening to this podcast out loud they're they're serious just yeah oh that's pretty awesome (laughs) we were watching so we were watching schitt's creek and there's a lexus and my freaking alexa somebody yelled alexus and she's like what are you i'm like oh let's freaking stop it these robots i know know. yeah that's pretty funny you asked your robot lady yeah yeah and and it and i wanted to hear you know from i think it was probably from core like 1992 and it kept coming up with like the 2019 yes. remix like because uh, it had been remastered yeah. it had all been remastered so i'm like oh my god i didn't realize that they did this number one yeah. so i went in and looked through all the categories uh the catalog on on itunes and i'm like okay so they redid this whole album they did this album they did like three albums they re-put them out in like 2019 i was like that happened last year no i didn't know about this and so I always like to listen to the two different mixes as well as a musician to see what, like, the best one to that point was when they did Black, when Pearl Jam redid Black. I think they did it in 2013. But mm. you can really, uh, not Black, um, what was, oh, 10. 10 was the album. So Black, uh, Black is on that album, but 10. And um, you can really, really hear the difference <laughs> yeah. in the mixes. So the, it's like, like the quality. I loved that. Yeah, yeah. I loved that. Mm. So that yeah. was kind of cool. So to answer your question, yes, yeah, Stone Temple Pilots, because <laughs> I always go down like a 90s rock, you yes. know, with Alice in Chains or something like that. And then uh, John Mayer. I'm listening to a lot of Riley Green. He's my newest fave country artist, Riley Green. Okay. Um, Seether, a lot of Seether. Um, let me. I was. I'm gonna pull up my iTunes and see what 
I mean, you don't have yeah. to recommend everything, but <laughs> you're welcome to, but you know, you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, you've given I'm, us a I'm lot definitely of stuff going to, 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 to Well, we to. listen to a lot of 90s rock around here too. And um, we were like to the point we were considering of making a mortgage size payment to go to Boston Calling this year to go see Rage Against the Machine nice. and Foo Fighters. And obviously that didn't happen. And I was the best that it didn't because i was like that's literally like the cost of my mortgage for us to go see it but i was like i kind of want to go see it and yeah maybe it's for the best that it got canceled yeah yeah Yeah. so other ones i can recommend no but no i like tremonti he's the um guitarist from creed and he has his own project tremonti oh it's really heavy it's really really heavy okay and I just found out that better than Ezra, you know, it was good yes. with you. Wow. <laughs> they, uh, he, they just covered, um, they covered Peter Gabriel in your eyes. What? Light the heat. Yeah. That's, that's what weird. I'm saying is I, that's yeah. really like a brand new cover for them too. Like it's just came out, I don't know, a couple months ago or whatever, but you'd never know because there's no, there's not enough push for music. Yeah, you know, there's no, miss, there's no radio stations. And, and yeah, yeah, the radio stations and like because rock isn't really big and like indie isn't really big, you pretty much have to follow like every artist on Instagram or Twitter. And then I find that things get like buried in my feed. So yeah, I, like yeah. to your point of, I'm often surprised by new things. Like yeah. it doesn't matter how much I follow and keep up. I don't, you know, I'm like every Tuesday I'd go to Newberry Comics and look at the new rack, and it's like you just took the words right out of my mouth i was gonna say but i get the email every week from Mm. newberry comics that says what's new so at least like cd releases Mm. uh vinyl releases Mm -hmm. you know whatever it is is coming out so at least it like that's the the alert yeah Yeah, it's alert to me and i always keep it coming in it comes in once a week newberry comics new Mm. music that's so yeah and so i try to because i'm like you know who's putting out a greatest hits who died who freaking because yeah. <laughs> you know usually if they die well, they have like a 20 everyone everyone to let you know right. it's everyone this right. year yeah oh i was listening to tom petty today too because wallflowers that's another thing no wildflowers i love the wallflowers too but but wildflowers, gonna, have i made the statement it? here that i like jacob dylan better than bob dylan i mean who doesn't <laughs> People from the sixties. I get it. <laughs> I mean, He's writing, like, writing wise, I totally appreciate right. Bob Dylan, but I wish that he never sang right. like just write songs for other people. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> but yes, wildflowers. Yes. But wildflowers. Yes. Yes. Um, I guess it was supposed to be a double album. Oh. And so they had another 15 songs and now they are available. So today I was going through and I listened to the next, you know, 15 songs that, and, and if you go to his Instagram, if you go to town petty Instagram right now on the story is a long drawn out story about wildflowers that petty talks about. And he says, we wanted to make it a double album. I had to pare down, you know, a lot of songs that I loved, but now they're available. And, wow. and you just go through. So now, now you can listen cool. to songs that you never heard that was supposed to be on that record. So mm-hmm. Love it. that's really, that's like amazing to me. Cause it's like, Whoa, new petty. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. I know. Very cool. So yeah. I can't awesome. wait for new Chris Cornell. Like he did the cover of yeah. 
yeah. uh, Patience, the Guns N' Roses song. He did that cover and they put that out. I can't wait for more like, you know, dig up the archives. No, they're there. Today, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because today's day and age, yeah, put together. You can polish them up because yeah. you know the technology today is not like it's not like finding a Beatles song in the fifties when it's like you know buried on a uh, a friggin' eight track, four track, mm-hmm. whatever. But right. um, now Etched it's in like stone. Yeah, on a tablet, right? Yeah, Fred Flintstone. But yeah, they could do it now, and so I can't wait for more of these um, posthumous releases. Yeah, very cool, Terry. Um, what are you listening to? It's so it's great that you're talking about like '90s music because I've been listening to so much Foo Fighters and um, Queens of the Stone. First Age. concert ever. Sorry. <gasps> really? Really? Yeah. Mine okay. was Rick, mine was Ricky Martin, unfortunately, but I I stand by it. Um, Wait, were, were the Foo Fighters on SNL? Last they week? were. They were on yeah. SNL. So I've been listening to a ton of Foo Fighters recently and Queens of the Stone Age. I actually prefer Queens of the Stone Age to Foo Fighters. Yeah. No offense. But that's just a um, personal press. Speaking of liner notes, I remember like when Turning of the Screw came out and hearing that on the radio because like even though that was kind of more alt, it wasn't super popular and running and getting the record and like pulling the liner out and like it was all colorful and stuff and thinking what the fuck is this and seeing like Dave Grohl on there was like oh holy shit like such a big part of my (laughs) years yeah (laughs) Uh, so a lot of food fighters in uh, Queens of Stone Age have like they have a new record from last year I believe it is or maybe it's 2018 so they have some like relatively newer stuff for like a rock and roll band. Um, and then, yeah. So then after I'd been listening to Foo Fighters for a long time, just like around the house and stuff, I love listening to them while I work. And then they came on SNL and so they did some new stuff and he did some old stuff too. And it was just like, I'm really trying to listen to as much rock and roll music as I can because I listened to it for so long. And I just seeing Jack White on SNL too gave me some hope. So come on guys. Bring it yeah. back. Well, it's we funny you say that. on Dave Grohl alone. I know. I just found, I was scrolling today. Through, I think it was on, it was either, it was either Instagram or um, Snapchat, but there was a special edition of Times Like These where he has like all different artists. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's really, really good. And I didn't realize like I'm not so hip on all the newest artists, but I mean, there's, you know, there's, I think, um, Halsey and I think uh, Ellie Golding, like there's like the five seconds of summer. There's like all these, like all these different, like, but they're good, great singers and they're all yeah. amazing. And uh, I'm trying to think he, of who else was on there. I think Sean his- Paul or some Sean, you know, they do like a oh. rap in the middle. Like it's real, but it's really, really good yeah. wow. because it's, it's, it's like broken down because it's like, um, you know, it gets quiet with piano and then it picks up and Dave Grohl sings with them, you know, but uh, it's really, it's definitely something to look. You should look at the, like, it's like remix, you know, COVID time he, or something. That's what he did on SNL. They did, I keep saying he, I very much like, I don't want to insult either band because, but like, I very much see that as like a Dave Grohl creative, like machine. And then like, he takes his more like harder rock over to like Queens of the Stone Age and like them crooked vultures and stuff. And I see that as like a him trying to do these different things that are like in him, like foo is much more, I don't know, like traditional rock or whatever. Um, but yeah, he did times like these, they did times like these. It was really good on SNL. It was great. Love it. Foo fighters. 
Sweet. Well, All right, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. Um, we are going to link all your your social media and all that stuff. I know you have music coming out, music that just came out. You've got stuff you're looking to get into the studio to record. You're going to have live streams coming our way. So definitely you guys give Kevin a follow. And I, I just, I also just have to say like, there are few people in the local scene and I, I've, I've mentioned this, I think only about one other person, but that, Everyone, I I have never heard anyone behind your back say anything but wonderful things about you. You're just, you're one of those people. And it can't, you know, it's a pretty good, you know, scene and people are pretty supportive, but you know, there, there's the, there's the competitive side. And I just, I think everyone just knows you as like, not only a great, you know, musician, songwriter, but just a, a great guy. And, you know, I mean that I'm not just <laughs> saying that. I think it's, thank you. No, I, I notice things I like it. that. Yeah. I think, you know, I notice. I think it says a lot, like how people talk about you and you're not in the room. Right. And I think a lot of people just, you're, you are super supportive of other people. Um, you know, and I think that people recognize that and, and really appreciate you. So that's awesome. Thank, thank, thank you, you for saying work. so. Yeah. I appreciate that. I try yeah. to, I try to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all inclusive. You know, there's no, uh, there's no Super Bowl of, uh, <laughs> of musicians. Yeah. So That's I always right. say that, you know, That's we can right. all coexist. Yes. Success and, and is not a limited resource. If, yeah. If we don't support each other, who's gonna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. Yeah. But thank you. That means a lot. Same yeah. Here. Of course. So yeah. So, all right. Well, if you like what you hear, tell a friend and, and follow Kevin. And follow Kevin. And if you didn't like what you heard, tell your enemy, Dave Grohl, to listen to this podcast <laughs> and tell him to sponsor us. Right. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Keep gigging. Thank you.